Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Sunday, April 9th, 2017. Hello, everybody. I'm really happy to be back. It's been a couple of weeks. I think this is the longest amount of time I've ever taken between two episodes of Sam Sports Podcast. I really try to stay diligent about cranking something out at least once a week, but circumstances arose. I ended up going to Cancun for about five days uh, for my wife's birthday. She really loved it. It was gorgeous. Went to the Secrets Silver Sands in Cancun. Lovely, lovely time. Uh, Went there with my brother Dan and his wife Nicole. We had an excellent time. Uh, You know, for those of you who weren't there, you can vicariously live through us. The sun was gorgeous. The sand was fantastic. We had excitement. We had ups and downs. There was a point where uh, Campbell, my wife, actually lost her ring in the sand. They had a whole bunch of guys like raking the sand and coming up with metal detectors. It was like, you know, out of a treasure hunt scenes you've ever seen in a movie, something like that. But we found the ring. Everything was fine. So, uh, you know, there wasn't uh, there wasn't paradise without its own share of excitement. Um, so listen, that's what uh, I was out of town for a bit. And then I, as soon as I got back, uh, I was going to jump on the mic and try to record another podcast. And then I got a nasty, nasty, holy shit. I haven't been this sick in years. Head cold, like knocked me right out, came on me very fast. I mean, just was not expecting to get sick that quickly. You can probably still hear a little bit of it in my voice, but uh, I'm back. I'm feeling good today. Uh, I'm really excited because now I wanted to talk some NBA um, end of the season. So there's plenty to go into with the end of the season. There's been some things I've discussed. Uh, I think one of the last episodes you heard me talk with my buddy J-Hop about the Spurs. I was thinking the Spurs might actually be able to threaten the Golden State Warriors for the number one seed. I was dead wrong. Um, even with Durant out, listen, the Warriors just went through a little bit of a speed bump with that road trip. They came back. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson remembered who they were. And, you know, the Warriors, they really stepped up and they just started dominating again. They've now officially run away with the best record in the league. I think they're at least at 66 wins right now. Just last night, Kevin Durant finally came back after, I think, a 19-game absence. And, oh, man, dude, he looks great. He had a double-double. Steph Curry ended up resting last night. It didn't fucking matter because you had Kevin Durant stepping right back in, bringing that depth back in. You know, and you were seeing the offense, you know, circ- uh, circulating around that team because, you know, th- they're so well balanced as they go into the playoffs. They're resting their guys. You know, you see guys like JaVale McGee and Patrick McCaw and Ian Clark really, you know, playing meaningful minutes at the end of the regular season to try to keep these guys fresh. Um, and then you have Kevin Durant coming back. I mean, the Warriors are clicking and looking just as hot as they should be right at the right time. The Spurs, now this was interesting. The Spurs are another 60-win team. They've locked in this number two seed. Um, but just the other, they're they're kind of, they're easing up off the gas at the end of the at the end of the season. You know, today is Sunday, and I know there's a few games going on right now, but the end of the season is officially Wednesday, okay? You're going to have tomorrow, you're going to have a few games Tuesday, and then Wednesday night, there's a whole slate of games, and then everybody gets to go fishing for a long time, as they like to see on TNT. Guys going fishing, you know, and they got all those goofy shots of, like, you know, caricatures of guys fishing, and then they just Photoshop someone's face onto them, you know. So there's most of the league will be going fishing, and then they'll just be looking forward to uh, the draft lottery, which, wow, as it looks right now, I mean, the Boston Celtics even though they are very close to having, you know, one of the best records in the Eastern Conference, they're looking like they're probably going to get the number one pick in the draft. And uh, let's see what Danny Ainge wants to do with who's he who's he going to bring onto this stacked team that he has. Because, man, Jalen Brown is great. I mean, he was the number three pick last year. And, 
I mean, he can barely get on the court just because they're that good. I mean, he's a tenacious player and, uh, you know, a little bit of an ir- irrational confidence type player. But, I mean, that's somebody who's going to thrive on that Boston team. Uh, but listen, I'm, I'm going off into a rant. Point is, end of the season's coming up soon. You got the Spurs and the Warriors pretty much locked into where they are. But I was saying about the Spurs, you know, they rested a bunch of guys the other night and they lost the game. Then, uh, I believe last night, they played... Uh, who the hell did they play? They played a team that wasn't particularly good. I want to say like the Lakers or maybe the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to look it up right now. But they played a team and they lost. And I looked in the box score and everybody played. You know, Kawhi Leonard played and LaMarcus Aldridge and Tony Parker and Ginobili. And it was one of those. And, you know, I think Popovich came out and was 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 not happy after the performance, which I don't think he should be. But I'm not worried about the Spurs. Uh, the thing that does worry me is, you know, Bill Simmons was mentioning this. They really only have one all-star, and that's Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is right in there with that MVP discussion, but he is kind of the only real stud that you have on that team. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge is good, and he's going, and he brings a lot to that team, but there's been a noticeable a noticeable feeling of like he's not this this dominant player that he was 2 years ago in Portland you know the 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 play that saw him you know try to take Portland to I think it was that second round uh 2 years ago and then you know he was this highly coveted free agent last year and you know now I don't know I feel like you're you're seeing a little bit of a drop off in that I think part of it is just him fitting in with that Spurs team. I mean, Popovich is the type of guy who wants to spread it around. He wants to, you know, listen, you had a, you know, he's the, he's a real master at managing minutes of all these players. And I think part of it is some of a decline with LaMarcus Aldridge, but when it comes to the playoffs, I think he's a guy that's going to step up. He's a guy that's definitely going to make them tenacious and that's going to allow them to get to the second round. And then you've got to throw in the Pau Gasol's, the Dwayne Deadmans. Um, you know, I really like, you know, Tony Parker's got some age on him, but Patty Mills kind of really cleans up for a lot of that. You still got Ginobili in there. Ginobili, even at his age, there's some playmaking ability that's going to be dangerous in a playoff series. In a playoff series, when all of a sudden every possession is extremely important, transition basketball is not happening as often, when Popovich is going to slow things down to a crawl, I think you're going to see some Ginobili moments. You're going to see opportunities for guys like Jonathan Simmons and like DeJounte Murray and David Lee to really try to step up. But some of those names are the same reasons why I think the Spurs are not going to be, you know, getting to the finals this year. I I could see them going to the conference finals. I'd like to see another, or another, not another. I want to see that clash of the Titans between the Warriors and the Spurs that we didn't get last year. But, I mean, that might not happen because... I mean, you could I could see the Houston Rockets burying the San Antonio Spurs just because, I mean, they could be able to shoot them lights out. And, I mean, that's going to be an interesting thing, seeing the Thunder or the Rockets go up against the Spurs in, like, round two. I'm kind of curious to see how that would shake out. Um, oh, here, I've, I found it. They played the Clippers last night. There's a home game against the Clippers, and this was the Clippers' full strength. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, J.J. Redick, uh, I mean, all of them, just jo- Jamal Crawford coming out. DeAndre Duern doing everything he needs to do, and the Clippers kind of beat the shit out of the Spurs, so I think Popovich was a little upset. Now, let's keep going down this Western Conference. Then you got the Houston Rockets. They're locked into the number three seed, Um, and uh, right now, 
I mean, now the four, five, and six seed, you've got the Jazz, the Clippers, and the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're all, there's a chance all of that could move, but there's a pretty good chance that that is going to be how it's going to shake out. So let's just, let's talk through this. Let's talk through the idea that, you know, because I don't think Oklahoma City is going to move from that spot now. So you're probably looking at a Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder first round matchup, a James Harden, Russell Westbrook clash of the Titans. Now there's going to be your own little clash of the Titans, this MVP battle of two guys going at each other in the first round. And that's a fascinating matchup. It's an extremely fascinating matchup. I'm I'm really curious to see how it's going to go. I'm probably going to put my money on the Rockets because I think they've just got, you know, there's more pieces there. There's more depth. Like ev- with the Thunder, everything begins and ends with Russell Westbrook. So if you're able to minimize him or minimize everything around him, if, if you have to have him play hero ball, and do everything he wants, score 50 points and have a triple-double, but still keep, you know, like, what if he scores 50 points and no no other player on the Thunder scores in double digits? Then you have an opportunity to actually beat this team, and I think that with the outside shooting that Mike D'Antoni plays with that no defense, I mean, I don't think that's going to, that's going to be a problem when you're playing the Spurs, because uh, I think the Spurs could steal a couple of games and and find a way to slow them down enough that they can't outscore uh, San Antonio. But, I mean, against Oklahoma City, I think that can work. I think James Harden's ability to really cook it up, and I know he hurt his wrist recently. Play has been a little down. But I just I think that's enough to kind of stop a team like Oklahoma City, because I think with Oklahoma City, you know— They've got the pieces. They've got the Steven Adams. You know, I like what Oladipo brings. I like uh, Demonis Sabonis. I think his play has dipped a little bit since the beginning of the season, but there's you got to have a lot of defense and a, and a, and perimeter defense to slow down this Houston Rockets team. And I don't think Oklahoma City's the one to do it. Now, th- those are my thoughts on that series. It's it's going to be amazing to see Harden and Westbrook go up against each other because right now. I mean, with this whole MVP discussion, which one of the, you know, just because Russell Westbrook is averaging a triple-double, this whole excitement about his, you know, the numbers and the stats and what's going on there. And I mean, listen, if you look at it, like Harden is averaging about 11 assists and like 8.6 or 9 rebounds. And, you know, Westbrook is, he's averaging 10 rebounds. All of a sudden, it's sexier to pick his thing. When, you know, if you look at the efficiency... I think Harden has shot like, you know, 300 or so fewer shots than Russell Westbrook. So, you know, now it's sort of like their their stats are not as far as it looks, but because Westbrook's got this this triple-double label, this, you know, Oscar Robertson, no one's done it since 61, you got to give him credit. No one's done it. It's amazing. But does that, re- it's how, you know, some of these pundits are saying, how can you really give, you know, the MVP award to somebody who you think is honestly you know, going to be on a team that's not even going to have home court advantage in the playoffs. It's going to be on a team that probably won't make it past the first round of the playoffs. And I mean, that's what, that's where I kind of almost lean towards James Harden. And I mean, you can't deny the amazing season that they've both had, but I mean, I would rather lead towards James Harden. I think Dan Tony has got more things going on with that team. I just, I'm leaning towards the Rockets because if you you minimize Russell Westbrook and you kind of either you either minimize him or minimize the guys around him. If he's playing 50, 
he's scoring 50 points and everybody else is scoring less than double digits, then I think the Rockets are going to be able to take that. That's, I just, I like Clint Capella. I like Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon. I think there's more there. I think the Rockets are coming out of that series. Now, the 4-5, okay, um, this is an interesting one with the Clippers and uh, the the Utah Jazz. Now, they've been fighting. Right now, they're both locked with the same record at 49 and 31. They've both got 49 wins. The Clippers are coming up on, they're going to be playing two more home games to finish the season against the Houston Rockets and the Sacramento Kings. The Utah Jazz have got a road game against the Golden State Warriors and a home game against the San Antonio Spurs. Now, the Jazz could steal those games because maybe those two teams might start resting because they, they don't have anything to play for. But I think Kevin Durant is going to play in these last two games because he wants a couple of games to know that his legs and his knees are feeling good, get a little bit more back in game shape. You know, So I think Durant is going to come out smelling blood, and the Warriors are going to be playing for real against the Jazz. So I don't think the Jazz are going to win that game. Again, you know, same thing with Popovich. I think he's going to want his guys fresh, so I don't think the the Jazz are going to win that game against the Spurs either, whereas the Clippers, the Rockets might start resting their guys. They don't have anything to play for. They're locked into the three seed. I think the Clippers could probably beat the Rockets and the, the Kings, so I'm thinking the Clippers will take that four seed. And now, this is really the last hurrah for this Blake Griffin Chris Paul, you know, J.J. Redick, DeAndre, they've been doing it for years, six years. It's sort of like, this is the time you guys need to get over the hump and get deep into the playoffs and at, le at least really make a mark and try to get to the conference finals or maybe try to get to the finals. Now is the time. And now that if they get that home court advantage, which I think they're going to get, they got a shot to take out the Jazz because I love what the Jazz have been doing. They're a great upstart team. This is really the first time this young team has been in the playoffs with Gordon Hayward and and Rudy Gobert. I mean that that is your that is your modern day. It's not the same thing, but your modern day Darren Williams Carlos Boozer matchup when the Jazz were going to the conference finals about ten years ago. You know now you've got Gordon Hayward and Gobert. I love the Joe Johnson and the Boris Diaw. You know their depth there. I like this guy Joe Ingles. Um, Rodney Hood, Dante Exum, there's just, you know, even George Hill, I, these guys, there's a lot to be excited about with that Jazz team, but they're young, and, you know, without home court, if they had home court, I think they could really sock it to the Clippers, but without home court, man, I think it's the time for the Clippers to take them out, and, you know, that's, this is, uh, you know, so that, that's who I think is going to come out of that first round series. Now, um, the the Grizzlies. That's the number seven seed. I haven't really discussed them too much, but the seven seed with the Grizzlies, this has been exciting. You know, they locked into the seven seed. I'm really impressed with what they've done this year. You know, they made some huge moves in the offseason. Some of them worked, some of them didn't work. You know, P Chandler Parsons has been a complete bust so far. He still has knee injuries. They gave him $94 million, and he really hasn't earned any of it yet. Um, but Mike Conley has played great ball. Even with an injury, he came back earlier than they thought. He's played fantastic basketball. Marc Gasol is still doing what he does. Tony Allen is still a defensive presence. Vince Carter is starting on this team. I mean, he's 40 years old, in this, or almost 40 years old. I don't even know. He's somewhere around there. He's still playing meaningful minutes. I love new coach David Fisdale has been playing, has been doing great work with this team. Zach Randolph is, you know, I don't, I haven't fully watched Zach Randolph. I don't know what's happening to him, but now he's coming off the bench. Um, but either way, still giving quality minutes. 
Um, you know, the, this Grizzlies team is dangerous. And if they're going to be playing a Spurs team in the first round, those two teams got some history, okay? Grizzlies and the Spurs, this is not going to be an easy out. This is not going to be a simple cut and dry thing. You know, you're going to see defense fo- uh, showcased in this series. Um, I think it's going to be an opportunity for Ginobili to try to step up. But I mean, you know, you're going to need key playmakers at the end of this series. I think it might be six or seven games between the Grizzlies and the Spurs. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the Grizzlies have enough for an upset, but I think this is going. This is not going to be an easy series for San Antonio one bit. Uh, yeah, so I, I think San Antonio is going to come out of it, but it's going to be a fun series to watch. Now, the eighth seed. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I predicted it's, it's going to be the Denver Nuggets and, and the Portland Trailblazers. It's looking like the Portland Trailblazers right now. They, they got hot. They won some games. I was thinking it was going to be Denver. I thought they had an, a lot of nice pieces. You know, Jokic has really showed up and played some great basketball. And I just think there's a lot to be excited about with Denver, with Jamal Murray. But, you know, Portland, it, Damian Lillard has willed them into the playoffs. He had 59 points last night. Uh, Nurkic... The Nurkic trade was the big difference maker. I mean, when he showed up on the team, they gave him the opportunities that he, you know, kind of didn't get in Denver. It turned the whole team around. They've really been playing better. I still, listen, I'm still not impressed that they're, you know, that they're going to really give a challenge to the Golden State Warriors. You know, Golden State's going to come in there and, you know, it might be a little competitive, but it's it's going to be a speed bump for them. I'm curious if they end up even playing more than four games. I think it'll be a total sweep. Um Portland has been a little bit of a disappointment this season. Well, I think they overachieved last year and then they kind of came back more came back down to where they should have been this year and you know, it's it's going to be fun to see them go in there but you know, Portland in the 8th seed is going to sort of just be a warm up for Golden State. That's what I'm thinking and uh, that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Whew. Okay, that was a lot of stuff. I went through the Western Conference. I just sort of barreled through. These are some of the thoughts I've been having. Now let's jump to the East. The East, and and by the way, you know, Western Conference, let's let's remember our MVP candidates right now. Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard. Let's jump to the Eastern Conference. So, for those of you who've been watching the Eastern Conference lately, the Boston Celtics made a push and tried to steal the number one seed in the East. It got very exciting for a couple of minutes there, and the Cleveland Cavaliers started to look like absolute dog shit recently. Most notably, the fact that they couldn't play any goddamn defense whatsoever, and all of a sudden, everybody was like, well, are they one of these teams that has to, like, flip, flick a switch? You know, they can just flip a switch, and all of a sudden, they play defense. It's like, well, do they really want to flip a switch? How do we know that they can rely on flipping the switch? Maybe they can't flip the switch at all. Maybe they flip the switch, and they realize, oh, shit, we're not as good as we thought we are. Blah, 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 blah. That's all the stuff people are talking about. It comes out, you know... Regular season games don't matter as much. Well, all of the hype led up to this, okay? It was the second night of a back-to-back for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They had just beaten the Orlando Magic, and I think it was in Cleveland, and now they're flying to Boston, and they have a matchup in Boston on national TV against the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics, I believe, are... I want to say one, they're half a game ahead of the, the, the Cavaliers. They, at this point, Boston was the number one seed, and this game was going to decide the tiebreaker between the two of them. It was pretty much going to decide kind of who would be in the driver's seat regarding who was going to get the number one seed. Cleveland came in and beat the living shit out of them. I mean, came in and just schooled them. Scoring left and right, crunching down on defense. Boston didn't know what to do with itself. 
couldn't hide Isaiah Thomas on the defensive end. LeBron put on a show. Kyrie put on a show. Kevin Love put on a show. And even without Tristan Thompson, who, by the way, missing a couple of games right now, this is a guy who hasn't missed uh, a single game in five years, is finally missing a couple of games to injury. Even without one of their key post players, Cleveland Cavaliers still mopped the floor up with this uh, Boston Celtics team. And all of a sudden... The whole story changes. I love me some Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons is a gigantic Boston Celtics fan. The next day, he was bashing his Celtics team, being like, well, you know, thought they were for real. Turns out they're not. This is why you trade for Jimmy Butler. This is why you trade for Paul George. And it's like, you know, you're kind of true because all of a sudden, Boston didn't look like they were ready for primetime at all. And now you're sitting here saying, even though Boston is probably one of the top seeds in the Eastern Conference, this young Boston team, this one here with Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart and Kelly Olynyk and Al Horford. These guys have never really won a playoff series together. This is really one of their first times, you know, the Brad Stevens Boston team. They still need to prove themselves. So after this game where Cleveland just kind of imposed their will on the Celtics, all of a sudden the Celtics are a little scared. They lost their next game the very next night. They lost another game. They're now on a three-game losing streak, and Cleveland is pretty much, I don't think it's confirmed, but I'm pretty sure they've they're, they've pretty much cemented the number one seed now. And now Cleveland's looking like they're, you know, cool customers going into the playoffs. And Boston is looking like they're, you know, starting to worry a little bit. Um, so there was definitely some drama there. Uh, your other MVP candidate, by the way, LeBron James. And listen, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, I think James, I think James Harden and Russell Westbrook, what they've done has been remarkable. The stats are fantastic. You've been, you can absolutely say that they are the MVPs on their team and their team, you know, like without them, their team is not a playoff team. Uh, you know, but I think you can say that for Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James as well. But LeBron James is your, is your fourth MVP candidate, if you ask me. And I'm, if I had a vote, I'm voting for LeBron James. I'm sorry. It's like the same discussion I hear where these guys say every year I'll vote for Greg Popovich as, co as coach of the year. Why do you need to give it to some other guy just because Greg Popovich has been doing it for 20 years? Like LeBron James is still the best player in the league. He still is. You know, he is still the guy that's going to will your team to win the championship. Now, we can't give it to Steph Curry and the Warriors anymore because they've got like four All-Stars this year. And there's clear they've, part of spreading it around and having a super team means none of your guys are going to win any of those awards. Sorry, I think you guys will deal with it when you're in the NBA Finals this year. But LeBron, he is still that guy who should win MVP. I think he should win MVP every year until he's not the best player in the league. And with all the stats that Westbrook and Harden have put up, if I had a vote, I would be voting for LeBron James for MVP. I'm just throwing it out there. I know the knock against him is that he hasn't played in every game, and he rests occasionally, and Harden and Westbrook don't rest, or blah, 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 blah. Whatever, whatever. LeBron is the MVP. End of discussion. Now, let's go deeper into the Eastern Conference. The top four teams are cemented. After Boston and Cleveland, you've got the Wizards, and you've got the Raptors. Now... The Wizards are the guys who have been another feel-good story this year. First time since 1979 they're actually going to win the division. I think the first time in a long time they've won 50 games. you got to give some real credit to Scotty Brooks. Okay, he got a lot of flack as the coach in Oklahoma City for not doing a good job, but damn it, he's a damn good coach, okay? He came into this Washington team, and he's finally done to them what other coaches really, you know, 
you know, they've been winning in spite of their coaches. They had Randy Whitman for a while, and John Wall and Bradley Beal had to just do whatever the hell they could do. Scotty Brooks brought something in here, man. He's really allowed them to thrive, and, you know, I like the fact that they're just kind of going offensive. It's really allowing Wall and Beal to do what they want, um, and I like, you know, Gortat and, uh, you know, a few of these other guys, you know, Otto Porter, Kelly Oubre. Like, if anything, the development and the ability for Otto Porter Jr. and Kelly Oubre to really become key role players on this team, I think that's something you really need to give credit to Scott Brooks for. And, you know, he is a serious candidate for Coach of the Year. To come in here and do what he did with this team, I mean, really amazing work. And then, you know, I like what they've got going on. You know, you got your Markeith Morris, you know, you got your Jason Smith, you got, I think they did a trade with the the Nets to get Boban. Um, Morozhnevich or something, you know, another shooter, like they've got, they've moved guys around and, you know, they've got some big men um, and they've got shooters, but this is another team where, you know, defense is not going to be their focus. They're kind of almost like a little Houston Rockets of the Eastern Conference, you know, and they're going to want to outscore their opponent. Um, and let's, uh, you know, before we start talking about who these guys are going to play, um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about them. You know, there is a bit of a, I think, a depth issue you have with Washington um, because beyond Wall, John Wall and Bradley Beal, you start to really say, uh, hmm, who else you got really there? You know, that's why going and getting Brandon Jennings was a big pickup for them. Um, there started to be some real sketchiness regarding their depth at point guard. You know, Brandon Jennings brings a little bit of that. Um, you know, he, I think he's going to be heavily in the rotation with Oubre and Porter and Gortat. Um, but, you know, I like their team. I definitely see them going to the second round. Um, I could see them upsetting the Celtics. I could see them, you know, uh, well, I mean, but I don't know if they could beat Toronto. Toronto now, now let's talk, the fourth team in the mix is the Raptors. So, Toronto seems to be, if anything, this is probably the first year I think they're truly underrated. You know, they've got depth. I really like what Masai Ujiri has done as the GM. You know, DeMar DeRozan is having a career year. Career year. Excellent. Scoring out of his mind. He is a true scorer. Now, Kyle Lowry's back. He's been gone a while, but he's back. He might need to get into game shape a little. Might need to play a little bit more to get into the right feeling. But Kyle Lowry's back, and that cannot be denied. Then you throw in Valachunas, you throw in Serge Ibaka, you throw in Patrick Patterson and P.J. Tucker, these kind of Corey Joseph, and I like what they got going on. This depth is now, now this is a team that has been there. You know, last year they went to the conference finals. After two years of first round eliminations, now they got a taste of it. And I think that that's a depth that can be dangerous as you get into the playoffs. When they really need to kind of go head to head with you know, a team like the the Celtics or uh, the Wizards, you know, that's something to be considered. Now, it looks like they'll probably end up playing, you know, Cleveland in the second round. And I mean, if they go up against Cleveland in the second round again, it'll be a good series. But I think Cleveland still knows how to rip them apart. I mean, Cleveland is like, I mean, they're like dealing with it's I was about to say like a dinosaur or something. But, you know, the Raptors are a dinosaur. Anyway, the Cleveland is I mean, they're a juggernaut. They're going to chew up and spit out whoever they deal with until they get to the finals. I, I still think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think any of these other teams have a chance of upsetting them. Um, but now, okay, let me pull up the standings in the Eastern Conference to see what the hell we're finally dealing with. Okay, 
So it took a long time. We're still not even finally decided on who's in and who's out, but it took a long time to shake out the last four seeds of the Eastern Conference. So, okay. We still don't know order yet, but we do know the Hawks are in, the Atlanta Hawks are in, the Milwaukee Bucks are in, and it's looking like there's two more spots, and it's either going to be the Pacers, the Bulls, or the Heat. Um, Now, okay, this is going to be interesting because... Who the hell are these teams really playing? So on, you know, do we have any games today between these guys? You got um, Pacers, the Bulls, and the Heat. None of them are playing today. Tomorrow, you've got the Pacers playing my Philadelphia 76ers on the road. You've got the Heat at home against the Cavaliers. And then you got the Bulls at home against the Magic. And then you finish off the season with, okay... The Heat have a home game against the Wizards. So the Heat are essentially playing the Cavs and the Wizards. The Bulls are playing the Nets and the Magic. And then the Pacers are playing the Sixers and the Hawks. Okay. Sadly, it sounds like the Bulls are in a position to take that. If they're playing Orlando and Brooklyn to finish the season, I mean, the Bulls can squeak their asses in. And all of a sudden, Dwayne Wade saying that he's going to play for the playoffs. I think he was ready to shut down for the season because he didn't think he was going to make it in. And then you've got... The Hawks playing the you've got uh, the Pacers playing the Hawks and the Sixers. Um, the only way Miami's getting in is if the Cavaliers and the Wizards decide to rest their players. That's the only way that they're getting in. And I, I mean, I just, it just it doesn't look good for Miami. So let's say for argument's sake, it's going to be the Pacers and the Bulls. And let's just say that's the order we're looking at. We're looking at Atlanta, Milwaukee, uh, Indiana, and Chicago. Um, or let's let's for shits and giggles, let's put Indiana in the eighth seed. We'll put Chicago in the seventh seed. So now you're looking at Cleveland and Indiana in the first round. That'll be kind of exciting. We just saw a really, really exciting double overtime game, which was essentially a masked one-on-one game between Le- uh, LeBron James and Paul George. If you want to bring back memories of uh, the, grudge, the grudge matches that those two guys had in the Eastern Conference Finals when it was Miami and Indiana, okay? It wasn't that long ago. That this Indiana Pacers team was really dangerous with, uh, if you recall, Roy Hibbert, David West, Lance Stevenson, George Hill, and Paul George. Now you got Lance Stevenson's back. George, uh, Paul George is uh, trying to earn that NBA, that All NBA team, so he can get his seventy million dollar bonus and his two hundred million dollar extension from the Pacers. Um, but listen, against LeBron and the Cavaliers, you know the Pacers are still just going to be a speed bump. You know they'll play competitive ball, but. Cavaliers are not messing around. They'll chew up and spit out the Pacers in probably five games. Then you're looking at the Bulls against the Celtics in the first round. And yeah, I think that, uh, you know, that'll be a good series. It'll be a challenge for the Celtics. Um, I think the Bulls have some, you know, they've really, they've been coming on strong lately. You know, Miritich um, and, uh, and Jimmy Butler, I mean... There's really been some excitement there. Robin Lopez, like all of a sudden, the the good play that you want from the team is is finally there. And I don't know if Dwayne Wade helps or hurts the team, but he's back. I mean, that's something to be said. Um, and listen, Jimmy Butler could play hero ball. Like the hero ball of Jimmy Butler or, or Dwayne Wade or Rondo, you know, could be enough to steal some games from the Celtics and could be enough to really push and test this Boston Celtics team. But 
let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that the Celtics could take out the Bulls in six games, maybe seven games. Let's say the the Bulls push them to seven games. I think with the star power of the Jimmy Butlers and the Dwayne Wades, that could be enough to steal a game here or there from the Celtics. But let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say the Celtics take the series. Then you're looking at Washington and Milwaukee in the first round, the Wizards and the Bucks in a first round series. Now, I love Giannis. And I think that Bucks team is going to be dangerous no matter who they go up against in that first round because Giannis, um, got to give some credit to Chris Middleton, has been playing amazing two-way basketball recently. He kind of has filled the void of Jabari Parker. When Jabari Parker tore his ACL again, that is just terrible news. Terrible news. I mean, absolutely sad. Really feel for the guy. He's been playing amazing basketball, and to go down again like that was just really painful to see. But... Chris Middleton's been filling in like nobody's business. Um, You know, now Greg Monroe has been forgettable, but he's bringing depth. You know, he's really bringing a big presence off the bench, which allows, you know, Jason Kidd is making it work. Thon Maker has been a surprise. Malcolm Brogdon has been a surprise. These are all young guys that are really filling in. Tony Snell, I mean, you got to give credit to Jason Kidd and this crew of young guys on this Bucks team because... I mean, this was a team that was kind of left for dead last year, and they've really shown improvement. And Giannis, I mean, it's all this guy. I think if he's not, he is definitely. I've heard him as the number five candidate for MVP discussions. And you know, if he's not MVP this year, he's certainly going to be an MVP consideration in the coming years because to see his athleticism, to see his length, to see his defensive ability. I mean. All of the talk might be about him, but you've got other guys like Chris Middleton and other people filling in around him. You know, now this team is a dangerous playoff team. And a few weeks ago, I didn't think they were going to make it. I thought they were competitive. I thought they were exciting. But I didn't think they were going to reel off the wins that put them in position to get into the playoffs. And I was wrong. And so much credit needs to be given to Giannis for that. Really amazing work. And, you know, I think Jason Kidd's a pretty good coach, and you got to give them credit. Just you got to watch out. Fear the deer. Because if they go up against the Wizards, I still think the Wizards can take them down. But the post-presence and the big guys, the Thon Makers, the Greg Monroes, the Giannis's, they're going to make it hard for Washington to do what they want to do. They're going to really make it hard for, you know, the Jason Smiths and the you know, the more, the Gortats to stay in the game. And all of a sudden, you're going to have to play a lot of shooting with Wall and Beal and That'll be a good matchup. Really, really good matchup. Uh, could be an opportunity for an upset. I don't, I, again, I just think, I think Washington's put together too good a season to fall to the Bucks. but that's a game, that's not going to be a sweep, not by any means. Which leaves you with Toronto and Atlanta in the first round. And Atlanta's a team where, you know, I've been disappointed in Atlanta. You know, they've struggled all year. They could have blown the team up, team up, but they didn't. They went and got Dwight Howard. So now you got Millsap, Paul Millsap, Dwight Howard, Dennis Schroeder. You know Kent Bazemore still on that team. They moved Corver. They could they they traded Corver to the Cavs for Mike Dunleavy. They got Mike Muscala. You know Shelvin Mack. Or no, Shelvin Mack's not on the team anymore. But uh, I just I don't I don't have any confidence in what Atlanta's doing. I I just don't. You know, Cephalosha, it's the same thing they've been trotting out the last handful of years. And, you know, Atlanta's a team where, if I'm correct about the, the city, <clears throat> excuse me, they're really a city where they can't afford to just blow it up and rebuild. They have to have superstars on the team. They have to have something that sells it and markets it because 
apparently in that market, it's really hard to keep the Hawks a fashionable and and uh, and and valuable team where you want to sell all the tickets and go to all the games. So it's the same team that's going to trot out. Um, I just think Toronto is well equipped to to beat up on them. Toronto's a team that's that's ready to go to the third round of the playoffs, and Atlanta's going to be a bit of a speed bump for them. I see them taking out Atlanta in five games. I don't think that's going to be a challenge for Toronto. But then again. Listen, Toronto getting out of the first round always seems to be a challenge, so maybe I shouldn't count my chickens so far. Um, that's it. I just went through the entire thing. Wow, at about 35 minutes, I was yammering on a while. I had a lot to say about the playoff picture right now. Um, but those are my thoughts. I'm going to end it right here. This is, thank you for listening. Um, my aspirations right now is I really want to see if I can get my buddy Utkar Shambudkar on here to talk some Washington Wizards. He's a huge Wizards fan. Great time to be talking about the Wizards. Maybe I can also get Ricky Howard on here to talk about the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He's a Bucks fan. I mean, hell, maybe I'll get J-Hop back on here to talk about the Spurs. Um, see if I can get some more people to talk about their teams and uh, what they expect for the playoffs and maybe who they think MVP is going to be. Maybe if they want to argue with me about whether they think uh, my pick for uh, LeBron James' MVP is a good decision or not. Um, anyway, those are my thoughts. I'm sticking to it. Thanks everybody for listening. Um, the last thing I will plug, of course, I don't plug, I'm working on this app called the overtime app. Um, there's a possible podcast situation. Maybe I shouldn't say it over the public airwaves, but we're discussing possible podcast project with the overtime app. Either way, if you haven't checked out the overtime app, you should really check it out. It's an amazing app that, uh, allows you to kind of make highlight reels, of like yourself doing like dunks and stuff. So like high school basketball players, college basketball players, if you want to market yourself, send a highlight reel of yourself dunking or playing balls or crossing, you know, playing basketball, crossing up guys off the dribble. Um, this app really allows you to cut together a great reel that you can, you know, post, share, send to agents, send to friends, you know, just share anywhere. It's an amazing app. And, uh, I really like what they're doing. And, you know, we're, po- we're talking about a podcast project with them. And I, uh, I'm really excited about it, so I'll keep you posted on how that goes. Big shout out to Sarah Fanny Cohn and Rob E. Baird. These are the other producers I'm working with on this project, and uh, knock on wood, we're really hoping that uh, things work out, and it might be something that'll be coming to fruition soon. Uh, Anyway, I'm out of here. Thanks for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. As always, subscribe to my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. Email me with any questions or anything you want at samsportsstation at gmail.com. Um, also, thank you to Don Kenyon for my new Sam Sports Podcast theme music. I'm really getting used to it, Don. I appreciate that. And uh, I'll be back soon with some more guests, and we'll talk some more b-ball. And uh, maybe, in, maybe, maybe throw in a little splash of football as well. There's a whole lot of free agency that's been going on in the NFL, too. Uh, But in the meantime, we'll talk soon. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.